number 30 of Across the Pond. My name is David Ashbaugh, and as always, joined by my co-host, 610 Funquist. 610, we made it to 30. We've made it to 30, and we haven't broken up. We haven't cheated with uh, each other on another podcast. Well, I technically have been another podcast, but yeah. That's not We're true. Still You've here. been stomping around other podcasts with us. I have. Uh, I have, and uh, hopefully you guys check them out. Not because of me, but thanks uh, to to uh, Jesse at uh, All the King's Men. I've been over there talking about Swedish prospects, and uh, who knows? We might touch base with them in one way, shape, or form in the future again. We'll see. Yeah, absolutely. Got, got some things going on. Yeah, and uh, well, just to start things off, I mean, we're now more than a week into the regular season. Each team, if I'm not mistaken, has played two games. A couple have played three. Uh, you, so do uh, we want to maybe them just play their first today? They did. Okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, do we maybe want to just do a quick rundown of the standings and maybe talk about maybe if there's any surprises there? Uh, or should we go through the scores first? Maybe I just oh yeah, yeah. Let's and do then that. we'll just do the standings. Let's do that. Yeah, it was, uh, and obviously with the, the kind of the schedule getting jumbled, it's uh, a bit of an odder schedule this season because typically, like last year, it was Thursdays and Saturdays. Those were your go-to game nights. But we had a rare Tuesday game this week to kick things off. Yeah, we had. And uh, Lexand picked up pretty much where they left off against Skellefteå uh, despite losing on overtime. But, I mean, they beat Malmö thoroughly 5-3 in the end. I mean, the score... Didn't kind of reflect the game with Peter Solarik scoring uh, one goal and two assists. Marek Rivik having four assists and Carter Camper two goals and one assist. So uh, I really like that line. Uh, it, it, they're looking good, man. Yeah, it, well, I mean, we we had talked uh, after last season about the potential of Marek Rivik to really kind of step in and become the top scorer in Lexand, And he has certainly shown so far through two two games that uh, he is he is there to uh, put up a lot of numbers and then Solaric was yeah uh, uh, just keeps keeps it rolling in game number two with another goal sure. and two more assists and then yeah camper with two goals and an assist so at the moment that's probably the hottest line in the league right now only two games yeah. into the season so lots of things can change but very for impressed sure. with them early on let's keep with that line for a while let's keep with those uh, Slovak guys uh, are they Slovak or Czech they're Slovak, right? Yeah, uh, Merrick River uh, is yeah, Slovakian, I believe. So uh, they're they're from the same town. So they're buddies. And over the past year, I don't know if I mentioned this on the podcast. Have I? I, I don't think so, no. Apparently, uh, they kind of knew each other. If I understood this correctly, I may have found there may be some mistake by me, but let's see. So they kind of knew each other, like going way back, but apparently they've grown more and more into becoming close friends over the past few years. So Mark Rivik actually persuaded Peter Solarik to come to Lexan and persuaded Lexan to get Peter Solarik to come to them, which is kind of an awesome thing. So he kind of went out of his way to make his buddy come to Lexan. And well, they're paying their dividends now. So it's kind of awesome. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously it's uh, it's working out for them so far early in the season. And uh, yeah, it would be great to see them just kind of continue that success all the way through and uh, see Lexan be uh, a competitive team this year. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny. We'll, I mean, we don't know how, when, or if this season will end. And but looking at Lexan playing now, like I said after that game against Skellefteå, they've got something going, and uh, it's quite impressive. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that was uh, the only Tuesday game. Yeah. Um, next uh, game night, though, was of course Thursday evening, which had uh, uh, some nail biters. Yeah. Oh yeah, we had <laughs> we had some interesting games with uh, Oscar Sam beating Brinas five to two, 
Yeah, I was just um, looking over the stat sheet for that game, and Oscar Schaum just had a great first and second period. Yeah, that's they, I wouldn't say curb stomp, but it was a curb stomp in the first two, really. Reynas <laughs> uh, obviously bouncing back a bit in, in the third there. Um, Ferrystad beat Vekua 3-2 after shootouts, and Erebro beat HP71 in a 5-4 game. Uh, that's full time, so it's nine goals in 60 minutes, and I think it, they were like... 80 shots on goal or something? There were quite a lot, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that's... No, a, that's there a, were... 50, oh, dude, it was uh, 56 shot, shots on goal and nine goals. So, uh, my mistake. Yeah, that, that's a big big scoring game right there. But Arebro heavily out-shooting HV71, 36-20. Yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah. yeah, coming away with the big, uh, the big win, despite a huge second period from HV71 that saw them put three in the net. But uh, Arebro able to get a couple more in the third to, to seal the deal. And friend of the show, uh, Matthias Brumier, scored his first assist of the season in the game, but we should really talk about Borna Rendulic, man. We're going to go back to him uh, later on in the episode, but he had two goals and an assist, and man, that guy can shoot. <laughs> yeah, he's got a heck of a shot. I remember we, we when we went through the signing of him, we, I was w- watching like highlights from his time in the NHL and the KHL, and his slap shot is insane. I remember saying that but dude his slap, slap shot is insane yeah it's, it's it's so good it's definitely not a shot you want to get in front of to try and block that's for sure and by the looks of things nobody can because let's let's just tie into what Erbro uh, did yesterday they beat Cholefteo in Cholefteo 4-1 and Rendolich scored again he now has three goals on seven shots in the SHL which is just insane so that is, uh, yeah, that's jumping to a bit crazy. ahead of things but he's so good that right shot on the power play yeah it's awesome it's going to be one of the most feared shots in the league, that's for sure. Yeah, and uh, I, I don't know what what he, the guy cost, but it, it might be worth it. Seems to already be paying off. <laughs> yeah, four goals. And uh, did we mention the Ferrisad? Yeah, 3-2 on shootouts against uh, the Lakers. Uh, yeah, and then uh, Saturday uh, was full of games. Just uh, two teams not in action on Saturday. We had Lynn Shoping and the Lakers. Oscar Shamlulio, Arebro, Haleftu, Farriest Edbrinus, and Rogla HV71. Which one do you want to start with? Pick uh, one. Well, let's just go from the top. Linshoping and the Lakers. Uh, another shootout for the yeah. Lakers. This time they were on the winning end of the shootout. Yeah, and Freddie Karlstrom uh, scored the regular time goal, uh, gave the Lakers the league in, uh, lead in Lynn Shopping and all, also scored the winning shootout goal. He came to the Lakers from Lynn Shopping, so I don't know. There's there's a there's a saying in Swedish that's called Slekten Avashten, which is kind of... I can't really translate it, and I'll look it up, but it, it comes to show here that he knows his family, can can rule his family, basically, so... And that's what Karlstrom did. He's, he, he, I, I'm kind of impressed by his shootout skills because he, I think he scored five out of six in, in on the Lakers last year. So he, he gets them off, and he's very varied in his shootout moves. Uh, sometimes he makes a deke, and this time he just fired it home. It was quite a nice shootout, actually. Shot, sorry. Now, the one thing that kind of stands out to me in this game, I know it still is early in the season, but Linshoping, especially last season, had a lot of problems with one-goal hockey games, especially going to extra time and not being able to finish the job, and that's kind of what we saw here as well. Yeah, and they did line up some some chances as well. They had some really nice chances, and Victor Fast made one or two 
save that I would describe as hell of a save. Uh, so Victor Fast kind of won the game for Vecqua there. But yeah, like you said, the lead champion can't really tie a knot on even scoring games, and they need to find that solution soon but because what we're looking at right now is a pretty similar season start to Lin Chepping uh, like we did last year. They can't really keep up with their opponents and that will make them sink like a rock through the, through the table whenever yeah they need to find their group soon. Yeah, and like I said, you know, obviously still early in the season, but like like you said, this is very reminiscent of their start last year. They just, they don't look like they can keep up. Uh, I mean, they did have some good offense against Rogla in the first game of the season, but yeah, they really need to find their step and they need to find it find it fast. Yeah, they do. Um, Niklas Lundström, sorry, uh, started his second consecutive game in Linköping. Don't know about you, Serines, but we went through and I, we did describe injuries from him for him. We don't know what what's going on, but he hasn't played with Linköping just yet. Uh, Lundström obviously uh, didn't have his best of games against Rögle, but was really good at, against Växjö, so uh, no no uh, shadows should fall on him, and he, he played really well. He did. Excellent. All right, so moving on, the uh, Could we just point game? out that, that the, the, the Växjö first line with Rika Gine, Robert Rosén and Emil Pettersson had 14 shots on goal and uh, didn't score a single goal. Wow. That, yeah, that is something. 14 shots on goal from that one line. Yeah. Wow. Crazy. Yeah. And I especially, I look. I, I should point out, I haven't been working with any night games, so I've just been watching highlights because I've been, well, trying to spend time with my family when time is available. Uh, but I did watch the highlights, and I liked, uh, it was especially one sequence from the Vecco game I really liked. Emil Pettersson broke in on the left-hand side, and instead of just going on net, he fired a slap shot from, like, the far end of the the face of circle, so the goal is right hand, right hand uh, side face of cir- circle, and it just touched the the net. But man, I like you know just find that slap shot on the move. You rarely see that in the SHL, and I kind of kind of like that. Yeah. Uh, moving on to the next game, Luleo and Oscar Sham and Luleo looking in fine form, just as I yeah. think we probably expected them to. Uh, and I mean, the Emanuelsen brothers coming up big. Einer had t- two goals. Uh, Peter had one. Uh, they got one from Juhani Tervainen, who I really like Tervainen as well. And of course, no surprise, Eric Gustafsson getting on the board with a couple of points as well. And Eric Gustafsson playing 25 minutes, three seconds or something. So yeah, no surprise uh, there either. St- still, clock- still clocking uh, way, way above 25 minutes on average, I think. So uh, things are looking pretty much like, like like we're getting used to when it comes to, to uh, Lulio. Um, what I do like is, is Nils Lundqvist. He had four shots on goal, played 18 minutes, 29 seconds, and he had some decent breakout passes. I think he's, like we talked about, before this season, he's looking to make that take that next step in his career, and yeah, he's off to flyer. He hasn't scored much points yet, but the season is young, so uh, all credit to him. Like you said, the Emanuelson brothers uh, had, had had a bit of a show. Um, Eric has on two points. Eddie Larson, just to point out, we we talked about him playing a bit more of a sheltered role in Lulu, and yes, he's down to 14 minutes 52 seconds this past game, and. Getting those sheltered minutes as a D-man will make him uh, will do good for him, and he's looking really good right now. 
Yeah, and there was one bright spot, obviously, for Oscar Shum. Um, both Stromberg and Rosedahl had a pair of points. Rosedahl assisting on both as, or on both goals, and then Stromberg assisting on the Engsing goal and getting one of his own. So some positive, uh, some positive things to take away for Oscar Shum there. Yes, and the Philip Engsund obviously has a brother in Oscar Engsund, and Oscar plays for Lulio, went out, went without a point, but Philip scored one goal and one assist, had two points, but Oscar won the game. So a bit of a family feud there as well. <laughs> and then a big can't showing get away from, from can we? Yeah, exactly. And then a big showing from Arebro against Haleftiu, uh coming away with a big four-one victory. I didn't see this one coming by a country mile, to be honest. Um, I have high hopes for Kjelleftio, but Örebro really showed that they're a team to be reckoned with this season. And obviously, Borna Rendulic scored again with a nice slap shot, top corner uh, from the left-hand side, so goalie right-hand side. Uh, really good. Uh, Örebro are looking solid, man. And Jonas Enroth came away with a yet another stellar performance. I think he had 36 saves or something. So, yeah. Well, what, it's hard not to like Arebro this time. What I really like from Arebro in this game is they got scoring from everywhere. They got one from Rendulic, they got one from Abels, they got one shorthanded from Oberg, and then uh, Robert Leno as well. So uh, it was a full team effort for uh, did, for Arebro in that win. Did you see that Oberg goal, Linus Abay in Swedish? Did you see his yeah. goal? Yeah. It's so nice. Absolutely. Really good. And also, we should point out that Jonathan Johnson scored for, for Kaleftio, the, the kind of high value signing from Modo this past season or this past offseason has now he's now got two goals in two games so he's off to a flyer as well yeah absolutely uh Brinus able to bounce back and come away with the uh, the 5-3 win over Faristad yeah and let's start with Faristad here because what I want to point out is uh Daniel Vikstian he scored again he's, he now has four goals in three games for Faristad and he's been really solid and I think he's one of the most underrated quote-unquote stars in the league because he's a high-value player, but he doesn't get recognized as I mean, as one would think he would. Because he's so solid, pretty much all across the ice, and now he's got four goals in three games. He's re- looking really good. And in the shadow of Michael Lindqvist, and you can name another couple of players on Ferrisat. This guy, once again, sheltered minutes, no really spotlight. He's a star, man. I really like his play. Absolutely, so do I. I've always liked Vixen. You know, he's fast, he's got good hands, he's got good vision on the ice, and like you said, uh, on a team like Faryastad, there are some players that kind of overshadow him, whereas, you know, maybe if he had been on another team, he'd be the standout superstar. But yeah, he's uh, he is off to a red-hot start. But this uh, this game, uh, Brinus and Faryastad, the first period in, in particular was insane, as they were trading goals back and forth in the first 11 minutes. They went Brinus, Faryastad, Brinus, Faryastad. Uh, to come out of the first period tied at two. Yeah, and uh, you mentioned him. Patrick Berglund had a couple uh, in the game, scoring. I think. <clears throat> Sorry, he when Ferrisdad turned it around, Jakob Nilsson gave it them, uh, put them three-two up in the middle of the, uh, well, pretty much the middle of the second period, and Berglund scored the equalizer, and then Brinus kind of ran away with it uh, in the end. But Patrick Berglund scored his first his first two goals as a Brinus player uh, in competitive games, which was obviously nice for him. Uh, Simon Bertelson had two assists, yeah, two assists. Uh, so the second kind of star signing for them. Um, yeah, I didn't see the game, uh, but apparently Brinus played much more solid than they did uh, earlier in the week. So good for them. Yeah, well, I was going to kind of disappointed by Ferrisad, to be honest. 
Yeah, well, I was going to say it's a great bounce back for Brinus because obviously they probably would have hoped to beat Oscar Sham, but coming into this game against Faryastad, probably the odds were more in favor of Faryastad, but they had a great bounce back game and uh, yeah, uh, were able to come away with that big 5-3 victory. Yeah, and I mean, the post-game quote kind of says it all. Uh, they first off feel like they gave away the game, um, which is probably a fair assessment. They they won the shots of 25-20 shots, but they had uh, shots at attempts 40 to 26. So that kind of says a lot. You shouldn't always look at shots on goal. I think the combined shot attempts are uh, says more about the game than shot on goal. Um, kind of bad goalie game overall. I mean, you don't want to let in five goals of 20 shots, which is what happened here uh, for, for Henrik Haukeland. And I do kind of feel that Henrik Haukeland is the... <sighs> I will contradict myself by saying this, but in a 1A, 1B situation, he's the clear 1B. <laughs> um, because, but I can also see that Arvid Holm will be the clear-cut starting goalie for Ferrystad heading into the season. I can I, I haven't really looked into it, but it seems to me that Johan Penderborn kind of tries is trying them out right now. And once things kind of gets more set, he'll pick a goalie to have his as his starter. And I wouldn't be at all surprised if that's Arvid Holm. Yeah, absolutely. I would yeah, I would tend to agree with you. Um, but Brinus man, awesome. Uh, yeah, great good performance. Great, great, yeah, good performance. I mean that was that's uh, pretty much the uh, the true meaning of a bounce back because they did not have a great outing like I said early on and beating Ferris out of way 5-2 is that's an achievement man no sorry 5-3 sorry yeah absolutely yeah. and final game of Saturday was uh, well the end to it was insane Rogla HV 71 um, if you guys missed the game going into the third period Rogla was on top by a score of 2-1 to one. And with less than three minutes to play, HV71 tied it up at two. Unfortunately for HV71, it was literally 16 seconds later, Rogla restored the lead with about a minute and a half to play and uh, came away with the uh, the 3-2 win. But big big uh, stories to take out of this one. Niels Hoaglander continuing his assist streak. He's now got four on the season after getting a pair in this game. And... Uh, uh, obviously uh, excited to see what he can do with Rogo this season, especially given kind of the opportunity to come back this season with what's going on in the NHL. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, we should also mention, you kind of cut away from me, so I didn't hear hear uh, everything you said there. Thank you, Skype. Uh, Adam Tembellini scored again for Rogli, which is awesome. Uh, he's off to a flyer, um, much like anyone else in Rogli. Um, I really like Tembellini. I know I know we've talked about him at, at length before, but his his stint in the hockey Elsenskan was more of a here I am, pick me kind of thing because he's not a hockey Elsenskan player. He's an SHL player, and he really shows it right now. Well, I think, well, I mean, we have talked about, like, some of the, the paths that North American players take to get to the SHL, and a lot of them will spend one season in all yeah. and to kind of get used to the Swedish style of game, get used to the bigger ice surface, while still not playing in the big league, right? So I think sure. Adam Tambellini took the right path and obviously has adjusted very well to uh, to the big league, because, yeah, For he's sure. been just on fire through through the first two, or first two uh, games of the season. Yeah, it'd be kind of nice to have him on the show. We should look into that once you get back to Sweden, which we will talk about towards the end of this show. Uh, I think that's... Oh, uh, yeah. And as of 
uh, this recording. Uh, it's now uh, 8.47 p.m. Uh, Sunday. Djurgården uh, uh, just lost to Frölunda at home. Uh, yeah. Frölunda won 2 to nothing. Um, had a one nothing game towards the end and scored an empty netter. Empty netter. So apparently Manta Samaralis had one hell of a game, uh, saving uh, quite a few clear-cut chances for, for uh, Frölunda. Grade A, if you will. So, uh, yeah. First time you're going to lose lose their home opener in uh, quite a few years, I believe. I think I well, read that somewhere. Speaking of Mantis Armalis, just looking at the shot total right now, just absolutely lopsided game as far as shots are concerned. 42 shots on net for Forlunda and just 19 for Year Gordon. And so... Your Gordon's got to get in front of Armalis and maybe give him a bit of a bit of a hand blocking shots because 42 shots in a game that is a that's a huge total for a regulation game. It is, and I we've been talking about Your Gordon in the preseason. I spoke to Andrew about this as well. Andrew Gordon, uh, Your Gordon didn't have the best of preseason. The lost 10 to nothing to Arbro and uh, were outshot heavily in other games and. They're looking like a caved-in team from time to time. This, this was obviously their first game of the season with their schedule being the way it is. But you're going to need to f- do something, uh, find something that's missing because you can't be outshot 42 to 19. If, I don't care if there's fans or not in stands. This isn't... It's not acceptable. Yeah, You can't really do that. I mean, Ferlunda is a great team and we've talked about them at length as well. But this is insane. Yeah, that yeah, that's that's a crazy shot uh, differential, and um, I mean, you know, it is just the first game of the season for your Gordon, but they they certainly are obviously going to look at that game as something that they need to uh, obviously not do again. Yeah, and, and you know, look at the game tape, see where they could have potentially blocked shots, and see what went wrong there because yeah, it did not work for them today. Yeah, I would like to see if anyone out there knows if there's someone able to do or if there are heat maps from the SHL, I would be very interested to to look at them and to kind of use them for our podcast because I love heat maps and I would like to see where exactly from uh, these shots came and where you're going to kind of caved in if there was because you can someone sometimes you can let up shots if the goalie kind of wants them from certain areas, but 42 shots doesn't tell you. I don't. I don't think that's this kind of way the story would go, so to speak. This is something else, and I would like to see what's going on. Yeah, exactly. Well, that does it for all the games that happened this week. Uh, next game day is Thursday, where all seven or all fourteen teams are in action. Busy day yeah. on Thursday, uh, and same with Saturday as well. as well. I'll be working uh, both game nights, and I can tell you right away. I probably will do three games Thursday and uh, another couple. Two games or three games Saturday. So I've got a busy, busy working week coming up. Fantastic. Uh, um, should we well, go a rundown of the table standings? Yeah. Sorry. So uh, right off the bat, we got four teams with the full six points to start the season. Lulio, Ferlunda, Orebro, and Rogla uh, claiming all six points in their first two matches, which um, I don't really think there's any surprise there between those four teams. Not really. Um, apparently, uh, obviously, Ferlunda... We talked about about them just recently, and uh, yeah, they're looking good. Lulio, no news there. Uh, the good thing for them is that the, the Rautio, Rautio, sorry, uh, is uh, looking really solid in net. So um, things are going their way. Um, on the other end of the table, things are looking worse for HV71. 
Yeah, I think that's the biggest one that pops off with three games played. HV71 is still pointless, and they are now yeah. minus five in goal differential after after three games. I think that is probably the biggest surprise so far. Yeah, and we uh, I watched them against Frölunda in their opener. Uh, they didn't look good. Uh, I missed the past two games, and apparently they haven't improved. So um, we'll <laughs> see what's going on in the coming week when they do face Lulio and uh, Oscar Sam. So we'll see what's 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 uh, if they can do anything about Lulio will be a tough tough thing to 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 uh, solve, obviously. But hey, they've but, got a good uh, team. The positive for HV71 is that Anton Medin scored his first uh, as an HV71 player, so that's good yeah. for them to get him going. They really need his goal scoring. Rounding out the top six, Lexand, Oscar Sham sit fifth and sixth with four and three points respectively, and then the Lakers and Brinus seventh and eighth with three points, Halefio Faryastad ninth and tenth with two, and then Lynn Shoping with one and eleventh, and then Malmo and Yur Gordon twelfth and thirteenth with no points so far on season. We should point out that Malmo and Jurgården only have played one game each. They're the only two teams with less than two games, so um, things will obviously change. I do still expect uh, Brynäs to kind of come back down. I do expect Oskarshamn to come back down. It's only three points. It's only in the beginning of the season, but things won't look like this in mid-November. And, uh, well, speaking of Malmo, um, you, you had mentioned that uh, maybe we should talk about Eric Engstrand. Uh, yeah, actually, guy. that was oh, a request from from someone on Twitter. It's one of the Los Angeles Los Angeles guys. Uh, I'm sorry, but my mention my mentions has been going blowing up past in the past 24 hours or so due to a tweet I made. Uh, but I I'm gonna try. It might have been. I'm I'm just scrolling through here. I I, I Rick. Rink Royalty, at Rink Royalty, I think that was the one, uh, uh, he who asked about Eric Engstrand, so shout out. Yeah, he's uh, he's a young prospect, uh, he's eligible for the upcoming draft, he's ranked fairly low, just ranked 161st overall, um, but I really like his potential, if you look at what he did last season with the J20 Super Elite team, the Malmo Redhawks J20 team, he put up 58 points, 23 goals, 35 assists, and just 37 games played, and it, it, he seems to be a player that improves every single season. And so I think if he can find his stride here in the big league, I, I think Malmo's got themselves kind of a, a bit of a dark horse offensive power coming up because uh, he's just 20 years old. He's a young guy. And um, yeah, I think I, I think he's got the potential to be a, a superstar in this league. Yeah, he came over from Fralunda uh, in the beginning of last season. So he spent most of his time with Fralunda. Um, so I'm looking at him as kind of a reclamation project, quote unquote. But yeah. If he can make it, I mean, if he, he, he obviously he won't score almost a point, almost two points per game in in the SHL. Nobody does. But if he can be like a, I don't know, point three, point four, point a player this season, that's good. Yeah, absolutely. I don't expect him to have some massive breakout this season, but in the coming seasons, I can definitely see him slotting in to be one of the uh, offensive powers for uh, for the Red Hawks, as long as they manage to hold on to him and he doesn't head uh, head over to North America. That's for sure. Yeah, uh, for sure. We'll see what happens. Uh, It's nice to kind of get these questions to get players to follow that you kind of don't know about or don't have as thorough knowledge about. So let's keep him in mind and see what's going on uh, down the line, how, how his season unfolds, so to speak. 
Yeah, absolutely. And uh, next on the docket, I believe, let's see, you want to talk about Brock Little. Oh, yeah. He's, uh, he's close to a milestone. Yeah, I, I went down, uh, I don't know, one of the, I think it was HockeyDB or something, uh, rabbit hole, and I realized that Brock Little only needs 10 goals to be the become the best American goal scorer in the SHL of all time. Which, which yeah. is insane. Uh, it is, he absolutely. has 126 goals. No, so actually it needs 11 to be, uh, well, claim the first spot by himself. Uh, Tom Bissett is topping the list at 136 goals. So I, I feel like Brock Little should solve this uh, during the season, but I think he's still goal-less, is he? I, yeah, season? I, I believe so. so. I don't think he scored in Engelholm uh, when they lost to, to Rogler. So, uh, but the thing about Brock Little is he looks... He could score more than what he he's done because from time to time, like he goes on stints when he's just invisible for three, four, perhaps even five games, and then he just poof, and scores goals in five or six games in a row. So he he's by no means uh, a player that has these major ups and downs, but when he hits those lows, they're they're so low. <laughs> I, I, I don't know how to describe it because he's not a he's, he's a fairly even goal scorer he both in terms of over a season and like game by game but sometimes he just goes on a slump and I don't know what's going on yeah well I, I have no doubt and by the way he does have one goal this season already so he does uh, okay he yeah. Does, yeah but like like you said he does have a tendency to just kind of be night and day cold and hot kind of thing um, but I have no doubt he'll have at least 10 goals this season if you look at his shl career he's his lowest his lowest goal score or or lowest goal total was back in 2018-19 when scored just 17 goals but he no he had had 16 with aik oh oh yes you're right yeah sorry in his uh yeah ah back in elite syrian yeah yeah but still um 16 goals as your worst season is a good season. <laughs> so, <laughs> do you think he hits the mark before the new year? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would I, I would think enter so. that as well. Um what else do we have? Uh, I think we should talk about how the teams are kind of filling their seats and who they're giving those tickets to because each team seems yeah. to be taking a bit of a different approach to them. So let's start off with uh, a railroad. They invited 50 shareholders to fill the seats. Yeah, they kind of went out of the way to tell the public that this was as a thank you for the shareholders saving the team back in let's see uh, a couple of years ago they only said so i can't they can't we can't really date it but what they said on on their web page or website rather um prior to this thursday's uh, season opener back uh, back home we chosen to invite our shareholders who saved the club a couple of years ago. So we're very grateful for what they've done for the club, and we want to uh, show our appreciate, appreciation in, in, in doing this. So I, I think it's a fair thing to do. Um, you can always say that the SHL is becoming more of a commercial kind of thing, but hey, appreciation is appreciation, and you can't really argue with that, can you? Yeah, exactly. Um, HV71 did somewhat similar, but they split the 50 tickets between partners and the North Bank's fan club which uh, and season ticket holders, which I thought yeah. was kind of cool. And I think Lean Shopping did the, quite the same thing. Uh, there were a lot of... Uh, uh, nobody in the stands. You had to be seating audience, obviously, or attendance, but uh, like boxes and restaurant, and uh, I think there were someone in the seats as well. So 
by the looks of things, most teams are kind of dividing it between sponsors, uh, fan clubs, and and uh, season ticket holders. So you can't really expect more than that, can you? No, not really. And um, yeah, we don't really have any information on how the other teams are divvying up their tickets. But um, yeah, it seems like most teams are kind of going with uh, a split, like you said, between the fans, the yeah. season ticket holders, and the sponsors. So What I don't like is... Uh, should we go on this tangent? Maybe. Okay. The thing is, in Sweden, we have... There's a limit of 50 people in the crowd. And, uh, well... It's up for debate to increase it to 500 or percentage by the arena capacity or whatever. But at the same time, you see um, like major shopping malls with the capacity of three, four or five thousand people being full right now, which is insane to me that you well, can have this. And also you people go like, yeah, it's the, like the the uh, the com- the, 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 the traffic, how you get to, 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 to the arenas by buses or by trains or by whatever. But. Yeah, but people do that anyway. Yeah, and like before I left, really, the only places that were kind of lining up people outside to not overcrowd were System at the liquor store yeah, and the banks. And yeah. nowhere else seemed to kind of have any kind of crowd control or anything like that. I mean, ever since I've been back in Canada, you know, a lot of the stores have, you know, a limit to how many customers they're allowing in. Everybody has to line up. Everybody's got to wear a mask. And it, yeah, there's a... I guess this comes back to just, I guess, the criticisms over how Sweden has handled this whole situation, and it's going to be a long time before we figure out whether or not it was handled well. Uh, the thing is, though, the the kind of the second wave that most of the world is, exper- is experiencing right now, we haven't seen kind of seen that in Sweden, though. Mm. Uh, that the, we still are pretty much on the flat scale in terms of deaths per per uh, per day. Uh, there are there is apparently an increase of cases, but uh, I don't read too much. In, I'm no expert, and I shouldn't really go on tangents like this. But I don't read too much into that. As long as people kind of, I mean, the more testing you do, the more cases you'll find. So. Well, well yeah, and um, I mean, I, I I think if they're able to execute it safely and properly with safety protocols in place, I think they could increase the stands to 500 yeah. people. Uh, you make sure that like groups that come together stay together. Um, maybe have certain certain areas that you you have you are confined to as far as going and getting a hot dog or something. Um, yeah. You know, making sure everybody's staying away from each other. And you know what? If if you have if you have to institute uh, a masks uh, policy when you're out of your seat. You know, if you're sitting in your seat, take your mask off, no problem. But if you're walking around, going to the bathroom, getting hot dogs, put a mask exactly. on. And I think it could be handled safely. And I think it could. It, it is a realistic possibility if it's handled properly. Yeah, you can also you can also have uh, temperature checks by the entrances. Um, that there that someone said to me that one of the reasons they can't really increase as they would like to is uh, fire safety, because you if you increase the capacity to I don't know X Y and Z it doesn't really matter. Depending on how you open the arenas, you need to open more fire safety things, and mm. you need more people and stuff like that. So. If that's the case, yeah, that's a valid argument, I suppose. But I think in the Swedish, because pretty much everywhere in the world, politics and sports is kind of united, and you can say whatever you want about that. But that is a fact of life. You can't really do the one without the other, in one way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. But in Sweden, sports has been kind of taking a back seat as well as other stuff. But in terms of uh, acknowledgement from from polit- politicians or 
the government sports has since i don't know <laughs> a decade or so been taking a back seat and now we well it goes to show that it's that's still the case right now yeah absolutely uh should we do you want to talk about the lakers Team captain announcements. Oh, yeah. We kind of forgot about those. Um, yeah, we kind of jumped I, over that. Um, but, yeah. I mean, no surprise with Eric Josephson getting the C. Nope. Uh, the one uh, thing that does surprise me, though, is Victor Fast getting an A. Yeah, but he's been with the team for quite some time now. And yeah. uh, But how does that work? He doesn't get an A on his, on his jersey as a goalie, does he? No, but I think it's just... It, it was kind of like when Luongo got the captaincy exactly. for Canucks. He didn't have anything on his jersey, but, I mean, everybody knows... That he is. Exactly. Um, so I think that, I think that yeah, he's not going to have the A on his jersey, but everybody will be aware that he is one of the alternate captains. Yeah, yeah. Um, good for them. Good for Victor Fast. Actually, I I, I like his contribute contrib- contribution to to Vecco and obviously the league in general. He's he's, uh, he's a mainstay SHLer. Tried his luck in the NHL and the KHL, but he's a mainstay SHLer and he's a really good SHLer. So whenever you come across one of those, uh, make sure they uh, get treated properly. Yeah. Uh, I should also mention Martin Lundberg, the other alternate captain for the Lakers this season. Yeah. And uh, Rogla extending Samuel Janssen. Yeah. No surprise there. I mean, yeah. They should really do that um i can't remember for how long but i think it was a two-year deal this kind of went away from me from my notes i'll look into that i think it was a two-year deal (laughs) yeah through 2022 23 so yeah it's a two-year deal or two-year extension, actually. Um, Joachim Nygaard misses a few games. We don't know as of now when he's back. For Ferris now, is, is that, do we know what exactly is wrong with him? I don't know. Dude, because that, no. that, that is, uh, that's a big gap in uh, the far yeah. lineup. And the thing is, he missed quite some time in the past season because he was forced to a surgery like in February or something. So... He's been through this quite recently. Yeah, and unfortunately, like you said, no no time frame, no timeline um, as of Wednesday, we should mention. But, uh, uh, he has yeah. to undergo surgery, apparently. Another um, one. Yes, and I'm just apparently four to six weeks, so yeah. See him back before Christmas, basically. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, six weeks, that's mid-November? Yeah, I guess so, yeah. So by the end of the second international break, I believe, he might be yeah. back. Now, Let's speaking so. of international breaks, do we even know if there's going to be international tournaments this season? Ooh. It might not. It might just be like breaks. Yeah, it might just <laughs> be a straight-up break. Everybody take 10 days off and then come back to the arena because I, I don't see the potential for a lot of international tournaments going on. The, the Cariola Cup in December, I would assume, probably isn't scheduled to go ahead. Dude, um, I didn't. I didn't even consider that. That's true. The World Juniors. I, I haven't heard anything about those uh, coming in after after Christmas. So it's uh, it'll be interesting to see. No, I don't, dude. I don't know. Huh. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, um, look that up and then uh, maybe talk about that next episode because yeah, that's, uh, uh, we should really do that. We should. Yeah. Good idea. And also, the, ch- the Champions Hockey League is coming soon. Uh, yeah. Which is, you get some more hockey, which is awesome. Um, 
We should also mention that uh, Malma, uh, Malma's own Carl Persson will be gone for about a month due to an injury. And what else uh, we got on the agenda? Oh, a big congratulations going to uh, Sebastian Strandberg becoming oh, yeah, a father on that. September 17th. So that's big news for Strandberg. Yeah, life-changing news for him. Uh, well, not news for him, I hope, but uh, <laughs> life-changing things. So always nice. Uh, as someone who's been uh, haunted by his kids today, I can say it's not always <laughs> a good, good thing. <laughs> I've been having the worst day. Uh, I think that pretty much covers everything that we wanted to talk about, but uh, you had mentioned to me just off the air that we do have an interview lined up coming up for next episode, so that's exciting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I finalized it today. I'll be sitting down with uh, Ottawa Senators goalie Marcus Hogberg in our brand own, not own, but uh, our studio in, in, in downtown Linköping on the city libraries. So I'll be sitting down with him. Tuesday, and we'll just incorporate that to our next episode. Um, fingers crossed, everything goes through as as it should, and uh, we'll see what happens. And if you have any questions, if you l- manage to listen to this prior to Tuesday afternoon Swedish time or Tuesday morning Canadian time, uh, send us your questions, and we'll just relay them to Marcus. Absolutely. All right. Well, uh, I think that just about does it. Um, but like I had previously hey, mentioned, we Ryan got... Hey, Ryan Lash uh, signs yeah. with Pelicans in Finland. Right! Oh, I totally forgot about that, which is totally unexpected. The Pelicans in Liga. Um, do you think anybody saw that coming? No. <laughs> uh, I, I, was figure, I was figuring he was going to either Switzerland or Germany. Yeah, but Finland, they do have more money, do they? I don't know. Yeah, I'm honestly not too sure how the salaries work over in Finland. I know both the German and the Swiss League definitely have bigger salaries than uh, than here in the SHL. But uh, obviously, Ryan Lash uh, liked what he saw. If he's uh, he's moving across uh, the ball, yeah, he's been, been with bit. Pelicans before, though, so uh, that might be it. I just realized he played one season with them in 2011-2012. He scored 24 goals to 38 to six, 38 assists in 59 games. Thank you, Elite Prospects. Um, so yeah, he's been there before. He's played two seasons in Finland, two seasons in Finland total. So he, he's not completely new to to the league and to the country. He has, holy shit, he has 36 goals and 62 assists for 98 points in 102 games in Finland. All right. Well, we'll have to keep an eye on him this season. That's for sure. Uh, adding to that, he has five goals and 11 assists for 16 points in 17 playoff games. Damn. So he'll probably light though that shit up. Yeah, <laughs> no kidding. Christ. But uh, yeah, like I said, we got a full slate of games coming your way this week. Thursday, yeah. all 14 teams in action. Same with Saturday. So uh, head on over to shl.se to check out all the matchups because uh, we got some good ones coming up this week. Yeah, and we should point out that there is no geo-blocking. Uh, unlike other professional sports league, you can watch the SHL highlights from uh, anywhere in the world. So if you're in North America, South America, wherever the hell you are, uh, check out the highlights because you can watch Swedish hockey from wherever you like. All right, well, that just about does it for episode number 30 of Across the Pond. My name is David Ashbaugh, of course, as always, joined by my co-host, 610 Funquist. Make sure you stay safe, wash your hands, and as always, support your local business. Thanks, guys. We'll talk later. (laughs) 